The mortgage industry never stays still. With interest rates moving, companies changing, and regulation increasing, there's always another story. This is The Principle, where we break it down daily and take a deeper dive into the issues. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director for the Mortgage News Network. Let's pay it down. But first, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by PennyMac TPO, the lending partner with the products, people, and technology to serve your customers and help you grow your business in the best ways possible. It's why they say, at PennyMac, greatness lives here. PennyMac TPO is Division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender. NMLS ID number 35953. Loans not available in New York. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. Non-QM loans were expected to double at the beginning of the year, but various economic events have altered those estimates. Welcome to The Principal. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director for the Mortgage News Network. And today, we're listening to staff writer Katie Jensen interview Steve Winokur of Angel Oak Companies about the current state of non-QM. So can you kind of explain why so many lenders are getting into this space? Well, lenders are getting in because the the rates are on the rise. So the agency business uh, is becoming more competitive. With rates going up, refinances have all but dried up completely. So people, lenders are looking for different areas to grow their business or, or at least protect their business. So refis were expected to be down, I think it was 63% from the, the MBA's estimates this year. So right off the bat, 63% of your business is gone. So lenders are looking for ways to replace that. And one uh, great way to do that is with non-QM. Mm-hmm. And what type of non-QM loans specifically are consumers looking for right now? I know that ARM loans are becoming extremely popular. So ARM loans are, but but we haven't seen a lot of that business. Um, the two main categories which, which make up over 90% of our business are bank statement loans for the self-employed and, and uh, a, program, a DSCR, the debt service coverage ratio investment program for investors. And those are the two biggest, those have always historically been our two biggest programs. But over the last three to four months, those, that, those percentages have, have increased even more. And that's what I was talking about before, that these, the borrowers and the demand in those categories are, are increasing. So we, that's why we anticipate, we're pretty bullish on a, a good year for non-QM. Great. And <laughs> what are some of the best practices to market to, targeting, and finding non-agency borrowers? So I think one area is to, is to really focus, pick an area, really learn that, and then market yourself in that category. So the one thing we talk to loan officers about is really becoming the self-employment expert. So if you're self-employed, you're, you're the loan officer to come to because you know the ins and outs of the programs and what best fits for those self-employed borrowers. And the beauty is that what who do self-employed borrowers know? Other self-employed borrowers. So you can get known as, as an expert in that niche. And that's one great way to differentiate yourself as a loan officer in a, in a sea of, of other people selling very similar programs. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And what about um, loan officers, brokers looking to partner with a non-QM lender? How should they go about that decision-making process? So there are several things to look at, um, but it, it is very important because what we look at is you're, you as a loan officer, when you're 
brokering a deal to a wholesale lender, you're putting your reputation at risk. So certain things like focusing on what what a lender's main area of business is. So you know you don't want to work with investors, or it's more dangerous to work with investors who are dipping their toe in the space. You, I would recommend finding an investor that's that's their main focus is non QM, one that's been doing it for years, one that understands the programs, understands what they're doing, and has a strong commitment to that space. Mm-hmm. Um, I always kind of joke that you'd rather be working with someone who's done 10,000 bank statement loans versus one that's done 10. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one main thing. The other, it, you know, so the commitment to the space, uh, I think is a big area. Um, one other thing to look at is, are, is the lender a pass-through or the end investor? So if you're a pass-through, they're, they're end up, you know, they might need a final investor approval on loans. Um, versus if they're the end investor, they can typically make exception decisions on their own without needing a, a third-party approval. approval. Um, so that's another one. And then one other area is to look at is their resources. How dedicated is the lender to your success? Do they offer marketing materials? Do they offer trainings? Will their account executives go out with you on sales calls? You want to work with a investor that that is invested in your success as well as their own. And speaking about what's ha- been happening over the past few months, what about investors in the secondary market? People have seen Sprout shut down um, and go into bankruptcy. Um, First Guarantee Mortgage Corp filed for bankruptcy as well. Can you kind of explain what is going on in the non-QM sector? And do people have any reason to fear? Well, with 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 the rates rising as rapidly as we've seen, that's impacted the non-QM secondary space. Uh, without a government backing, investors are looking for a, a higher level of spread um, to cover their risk. So when rates went from, and the non-QM rates went from the fours and fives to the sixes, sevens, and eights, um, when the, the, that caused some disruption in the market. And so when agency rates went to like five and six, the challenge was you investors could look at investing in non-QM loans with a coupon in the fives or an agency uh, loans with rates in the fives. And so what happened was there was a slight period of time where some um, there was some disruption in the space because investors weren't interested or weren't as interested in non-QM loans that were paying 4 to 5% when they could buy agency rates, agency loans at the same rate. So um, that caused the, the rates to rise, and, and but there was a backload of loans at that lower coupon that had to go, kind of get through the system. The important thing to remember is, is that this is not a credit problem. Uh, these are all good quality performing loans. It was, it's just a, an issue with the coupon rate. And when the fact that rates rose so fast, it, it just it caused some disruption. But uh, we don't believe there's anything to fear. Like I said, this is not a credit problem. These are not bad loans. Investors uh, still love these loans. We still hear from investors every day wanting to invest in our securitizations. So it's just a, a little bit of a challenge right now, kind of flushing through the the lower coupon loans and getting those out in the market. Um, but we anticipate uh, that happening and, and everything going well for the rest of the year. Okay, interesting. And I imagine that loan officers and brokers don't want to think about 
um, secondary investors as much. They want to leave it to the lender and have make sure that their lender um, can take care of their loans and get the proper funding. So I imagine that mashing with the right lender is more important than ever right now, especially with those problems cropping up. So why is Angel Oak specifically the right lender to match with? Well, I think I think that that's uh, I think you're dead on correct. It's I think it's more it is more important now than ever to, to focus on working with the the right non QM lender. Um, I believe Angel Oak's the right firm because because of our vertical integration. So we have our own capital markets group um, that we work with on a daily basis. That's very in touch with the secondary market. So we know what investors are looking for. We've adjusted our guidelines um, over the last several years, um, one starting with COVID and, and then just as things shifted over the past couple of years, we keep our guidelines uh, adjusted regularly because we understand what the secondary market is looking for. So we won't, we don't write, look for loans or write loans that, that aren't um, able to be sold on the secondary market. Um, and we so we understand that completely. That's that's the first thing. Our second, our uh, vertical integration. Second is our uh, level of experience with our account executives. We have over a hundred account executives across the country in local markets that are willing to go out, work with loan officers, go out and present on their behalf, um, help train them on non-QM, help them find these borrowers, these underserved borrowers that need our programs. Um, and those, I think, are the two to, the, the two main reasons. Don't miss the nation's largest show for successful mortgage pros. Originator Connect returns to Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas, August 18th through the 21st. See us at OriginatorConnect.com. It's simply the greatest mortgage conference in the known universe. OriginatorConnect.com. And what about the long-term viability of the non-QM sector? Why is it good to be a non a loan officer that originates in, in non-QM and use that as a specialty? Well, I think it, it, it speaks to what I was, what I expressed before. These borrowers are not going anywhere. So the, 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 in, the need for these underserved borrowers is only going to go up. So getting into this space now, becoming an expert in this space will only help you for the future. Um, that and, uh, oh, sorry, hold on a sec. Sorry. It's okay. I forgot that I had one other area I was going to. Oh, right. I'll back up. Um, so like I expressed earlier, that the need for these borrowers, the demand from these borrowers is only going to continue to increase. And borrowers are not going anywhere. So now is a great time to learn non-QM, get into the space, uh, understand the programs, and, and become that expert in that field because the, the need for self-employed borrowers are, are, is only going up. More and more people are becoming self-employed or gig workers. So that's going to only increase. And more people want to get into the property investment space as well. That and the fact that the, this, to be clear, this is not any kind of volatility is not because of credit. These are well-performing loans and investors want. So between the fact that the demand for the programs on the origination side and borrowers needing these programs is only going to increase. And on the secondary side, investors are continually wanting to invest in this space. So between the two of them, I think it, it demonstrates the, the long-term viability of the non-QM space. Give us some reasons why people should be excited about non-QM this year um, and maybe going forward. 
um, over the next few years. Uh, why is it such a great opportunity to get into non-QM now? So I think people should be excited about non-QM because the demand for those products are, are only going to increase over the next several years. Uh, agency loans are harder to get. There's a lot of competition, um, but you can really differentiate yourself uh, in some communities by offering non-QM programs. Uh, you can be known as the expert for the self-employed borrower. You can be known as the expert for property investors. And like I said, these loans are, uh, the demand for these loans are increasing, um, unlike agency and unlike refinances. So this is a great way to supplement your pipeline by going after borrower, underserved borrowers that have fewer options in the marketplace. And you can really differentiate yourself among sea of loan officers by offering these programs. Mm -hmm. And over the past two years, a lot of people got into the mortgage industry as loan originators because of the refi boom. Um, and they were doing really great. Um, now that we're seeing a drop off in originations, um, it seems like competition is really heating up, especially between loan originators. Um and your point of view is clearly that non-QM will make you stand out as a loan originator. But if everybody starts piling into non-QM, I don't know, you know, if if they have the capacity to support that many loan originators, if if we're encouraging everybody to go in. So what as a uh, loan originator that does non-QM, what makes you stand out? Is it the connection to the borrower? Is it the lender that you're working with? Um, how can you you know, be a pro non-QM um, loan originator? That's a great question. I think the big thing, and it, it's it, it's very much in line with, with why it's so important to choose the right non-QM investor, is really understanding the programs. So if you don't really understand what you're selling, and you're not taking the time to understand the parameters of the program, what to look for, why it fits certain borrowers, uh, then you're going to struggle in that space. Um, we don't, you know, we, we promote non-QM that all loan officers should get into that space, but we know that's not going to happen. Uh, the programs are a little different. The processes are a little different. So it does require the loan officer to learn the program details, to learn the process. Uh, the process for a non-QM loan is very much different than it is for an agency loan. It's not necessarily harder. It's just different. And so you as an originator need to take the time to learn that process and understand it so that you, when you submit loans, it'll go smoothly. So I don't believe all loan officers are willing to take the time to learn that space, to learn the difference in the processes and to be effective in that. So, uh, you know, we, we don't believe that, that while I think, you know, any loan officer can get into non-QM, uh, I don't necessarily believe that everyone will. So uh, it, I suppose at some point it, it could become where it's less of a differentiator, but, but, you know, everybody's in the agency space and you can differentiate uh, on different things as well. So um, maybe the differentiation becomes less that you offer it and, and more about you're the expert in that space. So I think that's really where right now you might be able to differentiate in the fact that you offer the programs but over time, that differentiation will shift to you becoming the expert in that space and not just offering them. Okay, great. And is non-QM a sector that you need to be continually educated on? Like how fast do innovations come and new products come in this non-QM sector? 
Um, is it something that you continuously have to educate yourself for in order to keep up with what's coming out? Uh, yes. So in terms of pro- product innovation, it doesn't happen that often. Um, you know, when new programs come out, it's much more kind of shifts in guidelines. And so because the non-QM space is based on the secondary markets and investor demand, you do need to be kept up to date on what's going on because credit scores can change, LTVs can change, some you know details um, uh, of the loan programs can change regularly because it's it's based, it's based completely on secondary demand for those programs. So that's why you want to work with someone who really understands the secondary markets because they will they will shift their programs and their parameters of the programs as often as necessary to keep up with investor demand in the marketplace. So it is very important to keep educated, to work with a lender that edu- keeps you educated on what's going on in the market so that you know the, the, what, you know, what the program details, how they're shifting, what they're shifting to and sort of why. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like Angel Oak keeps their partners um, up to date on everything that's happening in addition to providing materials and anything that they need. Is that correct? Yeah. So we offer, um, we, you know, we have our social media channels, which we post daily. We have our uh, an email that we send out to our customers weekly. Um, and, and then we offer uh, program webinars, product webinars uh, monthly to help keep people educated on, on what's going on in the marketplace, as well as just the account executives reaching out, talking to originators, explaining what's going on. So education has always been a big part of our business model. And, and I think over the last couple of years, we've, we've seen a lot of shifts um, in the marketplace and, and education is becoming or has become an even bigger part of that. Okay. You could pretend I'm a loan originator and I'm like, why the hell should I come to this non-QM summit? Why Why does that pertain to me? Why should I be excited for it? What would you say to someone like that? With all the recent changes in non-QM and the importance and increase in demand for non-QM programs, please join us at the non-QM Summit to learn more about non-QM, how to sell it, the current state of it, what investors are looking for in that space, and how to find and market to these borrowers. This is There is no greater time than to get into non-QM than today. Well, thank you again. I hope you have a great day. Okay. All right. Thanks, Katie. Coming up next, a word from our sponsors. This podcast was brought to you by PennyMac TPO. Visit tpo.pennymac.com to learn more about becoming a partner and starting your journey to greatness. Here are your headlines for today, August 8th. More homebuyers are returning to the market motivated by a decline in mortgage rates and a record share of listings with price drops, according to a new report from Redfin. Redfin's Home Buyer Demand Index, a measure of requests for home tours and other home buying services, rose seven points during the last week of July, and mortgage purchase applications rose for the first time in five weeks. Mortgage originations and rate locks continued to decline in July. Rate locks on home purchases fell below pre-pandemic levels in July, as overall purchase mortgage originations fell 14.3% from June, according to a new report from Black Knight. Purchase mortgages, which currently account for 82% of all rate lock activity, fell 14.3% by volume from June and are now down 22% from last year.
This has been The Principal, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All podcasts are produced by T.G. Cotamperor, Matthew Mullins, and Sarah Woolock. Mike Savino is head of multimedia, and Christine Stewart is editorial director. The opening theme was Status by Jamie Bathgate, and the music you hear now is Glossy by Skygates. You can find episodes of The Principal at www.mortgagenewsnetwork.com, or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate and review so that others can find us. Thanks for listening.